The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who set me as a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do, for I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grains and goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first reading for this morning comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, which was written about 2,300 years ago by an author who describes himself as a seeker and teacher of wisdom. He tells us that he has searched all around for wisdom and insight into the meaning of life and how best to live it, and that this book, Ecclesiastes, is his final report. He writes in our passage today that despite people's best efforts, all their days are full of pain and their work is a vexation. Even at night, their minds do not rest. He says that life is an unhappy business, that our deeds are like chasing after the winds, that we will never reap the rewards of our toil. I think if he had been alive today, the author of Ecclesiastes could have well been at the forefront of today's great resignation, with people looking at their jobs and deciding that they are a vexation, and leaving and looking for something with more purpose, balance, and fulfillment. This great resignation is part of a greater reckoning brought on by the COVID pandemic, where many people have reassessed and realigned their lives, more clearly living from their values, reprioritizing various parts of their lives, and to some degree, recognizing that all their chasing and striving and restlessness are vanity. And so the author of Ecclesiastes names something that is universal and deeply human, whether we find ourselves in 2022 or 300 BCE. We work and toil and push and produce. We place our value on what we do more than who we are. We chase after the next goal, the next project, the next milestone, the next promotion. We answer texts and emails at all hours of the day and night. And in the process, we can lose sight of ourselves suppress our own human needs. We forget to appreciate the present and the many gifts of God in our lives that we did not have to earn, but came to us as a free grace. We wind up chasing, 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 striving, 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 and then wondering why. What is it all for? Maybe it was because we had more time during the height of COVID to step back and really look at our lives. Maybe it was the confrontation with our mortality, being reminded that life is fragile, short, and precious. 
And maybe every so often we humans, like the author of Ecclesiastes, step back and ask, why are we doing this? What's it all about? Is this what I want to spend my days doing? What does it mean? And who do I want to be? And these, of course, are all deeply spiritual questions. In moments like the one we are experiencing, we realize that we have put our trust and hope in things that are temporary and fleeting rather than in the things that endure, the things that make life truly worth living, the things that leave a true legacy. As one commentator observes, the question that today's readings raise is this, is our material abundance, our material existence, sufficient to meet the weight of meaning, significance, and the joy that we seek? The answer, which has been the same for a couple thousand years, is no. Both Paul and Jesus pick up on this theme from Ecclesiastes. In our gospel, Jesus takes a dispute between two brothers about their family inheritance and uses it as an opportunity to teach about greed. He tells the story of a man, a farmer, that reaped a bumper crop, and it was so large that he tore down his existing barns and built new ones to hold it all. The man thanked and congratulated himself and said to his soul, Relax, we've got enough wealth here to last us for many years. Now we will be satisfied and content. But Jesus says that when he dies, which may be sooner than he thinks, all that will go to someone else. It will all amount to nothing. His message to these feuding brothers is that this inheritance, whatever it is, is not worth ruining their relationship over. It is the relationship that matters the most, not the material things involved. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul tells us, set your minds on the things that are from above, not on the things that are on earth. And he writes about all the things that we look to for meaning, distraction, and escape. And he tells them to live in a different way, to seek the things that are from above, things that matter and endure, the things of God. As he writes to the Corinthians, look not at what can be seen, for um, look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. You see, that refrain, all is vanity, is not an ending. It is an opening to a richer and deeper life. And this is where I finally get to use an obscure paper I wrote years ago in divinity school for my class called Biblical Interpretation in the Early Church. And uh, it was just as fun as it sounds. In the early church, um, Ecclesiastes was considered part of what was known at the time as the Solomonic Trilogy. The books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs were all believed to have been written by the wise King Solomon. And at the time, they were believed to represent a kind of spiritual progression. Proverbs was about living wisely with moral discipline. Ecclesiastes was about observing the natural world and the realization that all is vanity. And then finally, Song of Songs represented the highest aspiration of the spiritual life, contemplation a loving relationship and union with God. The idea was that one had to first recognize the impermanence of earthly things, their ability to satisfy for a time but not forever, in order to recognize that true life happens somewhere else, that true life happens and flows out of our relationship with God, 
whose defining characteristic is love, unconditional and unending love. And so this declaration or realization that all is vanity that many people are experiencing right now, a realization which can be profoundly discomforting or incredibly liberating, drives us to that which matters and endures forever, to the place where we can confidently place our hope and trust in our very lives, and that is in God. Finally, this all reminds me of a time when I was a kid, maybe around 10 years old, and I asked my mom, Mom, are we rich? And she paused and said, Yes, we're rich in love. And I remember that I didn't like that answer. I wanted a real answer, yes or no. But looking back over the years, I see that that was the real answer. In the end, love is the only kind of wealth there is. Money comes and money goes. Possessions come and possessions go. The market goes up and the market goes down. But love remains. Let us not spend our lives just building bigger barns. Let us spend our lives dedicated to becoming rich in love and enriching others in this same way. For love is the only kind of wealth that will give us the kind of meaning and purpose that we seek. It is love that will save us and love that will save the world. Amen.